Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This is a firearm specifically designed to go after turkeys and ducks. These are tools for farmers and hunters, many of whom are First Nations who rely on country food in order to feed themselves. But he wants to ban them and turn those people into criminals. The legislation itself uh, is being debated, but it's also being debated in the open public arena where it's become a political uh, exercise as well as the political parties try to gain an advantage on each other depending on the position they take. I suppose that's inevitable. Uh, But it is complicated. Um, It's a complicated issue. It's been going on for so long. And in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you who are firearms owners, licensed firearms owners, when was the last time you fired your gun or guns and why? I'll ask you that in a few minutes. Our phone number is going to be 1-800-263-2428. But the situation that we're living with is this. If you're a person with a criminal conviction on your record, you may not own a firearm legally in Canada. Of course, that hardly stops criminals who intend to purchase or even rent an illegal gun in order to commit a crime. But you, the legal gun owner, you've done everything asked of you by the law, by federal law, in order to purchase and own a firearm. You revealed very personal details about yourself, about your life, about your personal and professional relationships. And a former spouse or significant other may object to you owning a firearm when you apply for a license. And you must pass a firearm safety test with a minimum 80% score in order to qualify to own a gun. And as Ed Berlew points out in his blog piece from 2018, there are tens of thousands of police officers current and retired, who own firearms legally, who shoot, either as hunters or as sports shooters, but they own firearms. These are the people who we hire to protect us. They know how to to be responsible with firearms. We have members of the military, current and past, thousands and thousands and thousands of them, who own firearms legally. We have judges, doctors, lawyers who own firearms legally and use them legally. So do we need an additional legislation like Bill C-21, or is that a political exercise as we edge closer to a federal election? Tony Bernardo is the executive director of the Canadian Sports Shooting Association, and he joins us. Now, Tony's been on this program on a number of occasions. Was I correct in what I just said, Tony? Is there anything you want to correct? But yeah, yeah, Roy. Um, I got I got to be the first person to answer your poll two weeks ago during deer season. That's when I last discharged a firearm. That's when you last discharged a firearm, yeah. <laughs> and that it is deer. Well, yeah. it, is it still deer season? It depends it, it, on it where you are. Season at, at the moment for black powder and archery. Okay. Black powder firearms and, and archery uh, uh, firearms. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to C twenty one. Ed Ballou, who you know well, you've been on this program together in the past. Sure. Mr. Ballou says it is a gun grab. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Completely and totally. And if the uh, government tells you that they're not including hunting firearms, they are absolutely, completely and totally lying. 
because Lion. there are many, many, many hunting firearms that are contained in, the, in this legislation. You know, a member of parliament, conservative member of parliament, was kicked out of parliament for saying that. Yeah, I know, but I'm not in parliament, so no, no, if they not. want to kick me out, they can do that. <laughs> okay, so do we need, given the current circumstances in this country, and remember, I mean, I don't need to remind you, Canada has experienced terrible firearms violence at times. The Akel Polytechnic Massacre of Women in Montreal, and we passed an anniversary of that horror last week, and then in 2020 in Nova Scotia, Gabriel Wartman used firearms to kill 22 innocent people. There was the mosque shooting in Quebec City. So we've experienced school shootings as well, though nothing like in the United States. So we have experienced very serious and very disturbing gun violence. Given that fact, given that we have 2.2 million firearms owners in this country legally, and I would imagine the vast majority of them are very, very, very responsible people, uh, do we need do we need a change to the current firearms legislation to make it more stringent? No, I honestly don't believe we do. Uh, first of all, for the, the listeners that don't know what is involved in this, it takes months and much effort and lots of money in order to even get uh, your very first firearm. So this is not a simple system. You go automatically into a program called the RCMP Continuous Eligibility System. The Continuous Eligibility System double-checks you against every police computer in Canada and does a background check on you every single day, every day. There is no group of people in Canada more heavily scrutinized than Canadian firearms owners. Not people up to the level of level three state secrets, pedophiles, murderers, none of them have the scrutiny on them that firearms owners do. Do we need to have uh, some changes to our gun laws? I'll say, yeah, absolutely. But they're not against the legitimate firearms owners. They're against the people who are smuggling in from the United States and using them to commit crimes. Because everybody knows that our big cities are being plagued with crimes. It's increased 79%, 79% since the Trudeau government took over. And they just lessened the penalties. Not two months ago, they reduced the penalties for armed robbery and for uh, you know a crime committed in the possession of a firearm. We have a revolving door. You're, talk, you're talking minimum sentencing, right? I am. Yes, they reduce the sentencing. Minimum. And, and, yeah, and we have a revolving door on the uh, prohibition order. So somebody is arrested with a weapon, not just a firearm, but any kind of weapon. Mm -hmm. They get a weapons prohibition order. They're out on the street the same day. They get another one three weeks later, and the same thing happens. They get another prohibition order, and they're back out. We have one guy on file who's had 17 prohibition orders and never spent a day in jail. Now, what is wrong with that? Yeah, so, so, Tony, what do you think, and you're a very experienced person, as far as um, the legislation is concerned, as far as lobbying politicians are concerned, there's nothing wrong with that. Every, every organization does it. Uh, but what do you think the outcome is going to be of this C-21 and the addendum debate and do you find, do you believe, as I do, I mean, I'm not suggesting that you need to agree with me, but I just see political parties 
trying to score points of opportunity on this debate instead of all of them being just absolutely straightforward honest with us? I see that too, of course. Um, but I see some cracks appearing in the NDP. Mm-hmm. Uh, two liberal uh, MPs have said they will not vote in favor of this. Yeah. Of course, the conservative party uh, will not vote in favor of it. Um, yeah. they, they've always stuck up for the rights of people. Um, so I don't think it's it's every MP that that's, you can paint with that brush. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking about the parties when they take a yeah. an official position. Yeah. They're looking at an election coming, and every, almost everything is tainted with the how can we maximize the opportunity this presents to us? They all do that. Well, certainly, certainly. And, and unfortunately, the gun legislation is part of that. Yeah, the rumor abounds right now on the Hill that there's going to be a spring election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, C21 might even be in the Senate by the time that happens. Maybe, maybe, um, because apparently now they're going to go back and review some of the hunting firearms that are in this. Yeah, I've heard that too. Tony, Who can you provide us a profile mm-hmm. of your member? Who's who's the member of the Canadian Sports Shooting Association? Who is this person? If, you, if there's an amalgam profile, who's that person? Wow. Um, basically just a very ordinary person. We have uh, a lot of ladies uh, in our association. They they go and they competitively sport shoot, or they, uh, you know, recreationally sport shoot. If you can do you can do both those things. Many of them are hunters. About seventy five percent hunt as well as uh, sport shooters. Um, they come from all walks of life. I can't really button all of it. We have a couple of thousand police officers, and you know, one of the things. That when you were talking about police officers before that you messed there, was the training regimens for police officers in Canada. The police services are so broke that most police services give them one box of handgun ammunition and two boxes of carbine ammunition, that's rifle ammunition, to train with per year. Per year. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. And, and you know, wow. that's, your, that's your level of practice. You wouldn't be able to hit a farm from the inside. And yeah. so what these police officers do, they go out and out of their own pockets, they buy their own AR-15s because that's the firearm they carry on duty as a rifle. They go out and they buy their own Glocks or whatever the, the sidearm their, their uh, service uses. They join the gun clubs and they go there to train these guns have all become prohibited now. Okay, tell me this. When we last talked, which was, I think, three, four weeks ago, you were talking about a lawsuit that has been, was planned. I don't remember if it had been launched already. Yeah, what can you, So tell us what the lawsuit is about. Well, the lawsuit is about C-21, um, specifically challenging uh, the legislation, the, the legislation is very, very badly written, very amateurish. The I's aren't dotted and the T's aren't crossed. There's a number of black letter law uh, principles that legislation has to go through, and they're not been followed on this. And we think that the actual law is improperly done. Okay. Um, the, other, the other thing that it doesn't mention in any way, shape, or form is compensation. We are talking about somewhere between 8 and $12 billion worth of guns. Guns are not cheap. 8, eight to $12 billion? I heard of $1 yeah. billion. 
Oh, no, way higher than that. Way higher Eight than to 12 that. billion. Handguns. Wow. Yeah, and then you see, like I said, they're wow. not cheap. And they're very, very common. There's lots of guns in Canada. Yeah. And uh, it, when, when this all happens, if C-21 passes, then every handgun in Canada instantly becomes valueless. Mm-hmm. Now, that is literally billions of dollars of wealth taken right out of the pockets of Canadian citizens. Okay, there's more for us to talk about. And we will do that going forward, I suspect, maybe as early as next weekend, depending on what happens. As far as the political debate concerning C-21 and the addendum is concerned over the next couple of days. Tony, thank you for joining us. What's your, uh, what's your website again? It is cssa-cila.org. cssa-cila.org. Right. And you can even make a donation right off the website to the uh, court action. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.